This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Thanks again for joining us for Passion Church Online. Uh, I'm Pastor Norris Baswell. So glad you could join us. We're going to be continuing our uh, series all this month on praying without ceasing. Praying without ceasing, or as the New Living Translation puts it, never stop praying. Last week we introduced uh, what I call the three prayer realms uh, that all the, all the prayer all prayer will fall in one of these two. Uh, the prayer of communion, which we're going to expand on today, that's something that uh, God does uh, in us as we commune with God in prayer. Then petition prayer is something that God does. That's something that prayer does for us. And then intercessory prayer is something that prayer does through us. So today we're going to be talking about communion with God. And this is the highest realm of prayer is communion with God. This is a secret place where we meet uh, with Him, with the Father, to worship to talk, and especially to listen to his heart. This is a place uh, where we imbibe his purity, we imbibe his purpose, his wisdom for our lives. And the truth is, if we neglect this most important realm of prayer, the other two are going to suffer. So what is this thing called communion with God? Well, uh, let's go back to the beginning in Genesis 3 and verse 8, and we will see that that communion with God, this communion prayer, uh, has its uh, very beginning with man in the garden. It is an invitation from God to spend time with Him. It's an invitation to spend time with our Heavenly Father. In Genesis 3 and verse 8, it says, Then the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God as He was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, I want you to notice this. It, evidently, this was a, uh, the inference is, as you read this in context, is that this was a, a regular thing between God and Adam and Eve. You know, at this time, of course, they had sinned. They had disobeyed God. They knew uh, the set time that God was going to be coming to meet with them, and it said they hid themselves. But I want you to notice that in the cool of the day, that God came down to fellowship with his man and his woman. He wanted fellowship. He wanted to, to spend time with them. And this is the thing about Christianity that's different from all other, all other religions, is that we can have an intimate, ongoing, growing relationship with our Heavenly Father. That we can know Him, not just a set of rules, not just some legalism, not just some theology even, but we can actually know the Creator of the universe. He has invited us to spend time with Him. And notice this, there was a set place. It was, it was uh, in Eden in a set time, which was what? Uh, in the cool of the day. Evidently, that was probably in the evening sometime but they had a set time and a set place and so if we're going to come to know him then we're going to have to take the time to respond to his invitation and spend time in fellowship with him and Jesus said this very interesting statement that Jesus said I mean if I were to ask you okay uh, define eternal life I mean we would get all kinds of uh, different uh, theological answers and, and, you know, and, and could be very lengthy and very eloquent about them. But notice what Jesus said here. 
He said in John 17, 3, this, now this is eternal life. And if anybody should know, it was Jesus. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they may know you. That, that is what eternal life is, is about. It's about knowing God. It's about having a fellowship and a relationship with Him. Uh, uh, it is an ongoing thing. And, you know, this, this word here where he says that they may know you, that, that has to do, uh, that's the Greek word genosko, and it has to do with an intimate, personal acquaintance. God doesn't want us to just know about Him from a theological standpoint or from a historical standpoint, but He has invited us to actually experience Him, to come into His presence, to, to taste and see, as the psalmist said, that the Lord is good, to know for ourselves. You remember the story of the, the, the woman at the well, you know, when Jesus told her everything, uh, you know, about her life, and she went back, and she says, uh, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. And, and you know, and after she uh, began to explain to them about Jesus and what he had said and everything, and, but then they came, and Jesus stayed with them for, for two or three days. And they said to the woman, he said, now we no longer believe just because of what you said, but we know for ourselves. And this is what Christianity is about. It's a no-so. It's a knowing for ourselves. It's a coming into the presence of God. That's what communion prayer is all about. And Jesus said, that's eternal life. That's eternal life. You know, in the, the Old Testament, with the, with the, with the, with the uh, Old Testament uh, Israel's fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, the way they knew God was this very way. You think about it. Abraham didn't have a Bible. I mean, you know, uh, there was no Isaiah. There was no David to read from. There, there was no Jeremiah. I mean, Abraham was before all of them. He had no Bible. How did he get to know God? How was he going to get to know God? He had what the Old Testament calls a yada experience. In other words, he had an encounter with God. And from that encounter, he come to know God. He come to believe in God. He come to trust God. He come to know uh, that God is trustworthy, that God is good. And this is what we're talking about, experiencing His presence. In Psalm 34, 8, I want to read that scripture over there with you. Psalm 34 and verse 8. <clears throat> it says here, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is one who takes refuge in Him. Notice this, taste and see. That word see means to have a, a vision, to gaze upon, to see for yourself. And so here's the thing. We get, can't taste and see that the Lord is good unless we have an encounter with Him. I mean, if you think about it, you know, uh, we could talk about milk to somebody. We could tell them that milk is white. We could tell them that milk comes from an animal called a cow. We could, we could tell them that milk has all these vitamins and minerals and that it's very good for you. But they will not really know what milk is until they taste and encounter it for themselves. And in the same way, there's an aspect where we must come into the presence of God for ourselves and taste and see that He is good. We gaze upon Him. We encounter Him. And out of that encounter, there's something that transpires in the human heart between our spirit and the Spirit of God that imparts an understanding, a knowing on an intimate and personal level. This is what He's talking about. We experience His presence. Uh, even... Uh, Paul talked about this in Philippians. 
And you know, everything that Paul shared in the new covenant and the revelation of the in Christ message and what Jesus did for us uh, in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, he said he got all of that from a encounter, a personal encounter with Jesus who revealed it to him. He got a personal encounter with Jesus. And uh, let me get over there, Philippians. And we're going to look at chapter 3, read verse 10. Notice what Paul says here. He says, I want to know Christ. There's that word again, genosco. I want to know Him intimately, personally. I want to experience Him for myself. I want to experience Him personally. You know, uh, God doesn't have any grandchildren. God doesn't have any stepchildren. We must come to know Jesus Christ and the Father. We must come to know them personally for ourselves. This is what communion prayer is all about. You know, many times we just don't take the time we should take to get to know God personally. This is why uh, many times doubt is so easy to creep in, uh, fear is so easy to get a hold of us, uh, discouragement uh, grips us. It's because we don't know Him. We're not sure, you know, yeah, we know the theology that God is good. We know, yeah, we know the theology that God has power. We know the theology that God is gracious and all those things. But do you know it for yourself? Have you encountered him? Paul said this. He said, I want to know Christ. Notice he didn't say, I want to be a theologian. He said, I want to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death so somehow I can attain to the resurrection from the dead. So Paul says here, he says, I want to experience Christ. I want to know him. I want to know him. And you know, uh, the only way we can do that is to come into his presence, is to accept the invitation where Jesus says, come unto me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, come unto me. And that's what we must do. We must draw near to him. And the scripture says he will draw near to us. We must set a time and a place. It must become a priority for his church. Because if it does not, I can tell you this, things will come in that will crowd it out. The busyness of life, all the things that, that are, are demanding our attention will draw us away. And before we know it, you know, a day's gone by, a week's gone by, a month's gone by, and sometimes even a year's gone by. And we really haven't spent any quality time, any communion time with our Father. So it's no wonder that our faith su suffers. It's no wonder that the other aspects of our prayer life suffer. Because what? We've not spent time with the Father. You know, the psalmist refers to it in Psalm 91. He says it's the secret place of the Most High. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You know, many times we jump in there and we're faith people and we claim that promise. But listen, uh, it's not just something that you claim unless you're there. You've got to be in the secret place. He who dwells in the secret place. Who, he who's spending time in communion in the presence of the Father. That's the one that's in the secret place. That's the one who knows the heart of the Father. That's the one that's receiving guidance from the Holy Spirit. An impartation of wisdom for the decisions that we need to make. So that we can, we, our life can line up with the, with the theology, if you will, with the scriptures that we know. But it's, it's more than just knowing the scriptures and the theology in our mind. There must be an encounter, an ongoing encounter with the living God. So how are we going to do that? We've got to enter that secret place. And how do we do that? The first thing is we must have 
a clean conscience. I want to read over here in Hebrews 10, in verse 19. He's speaking here, and he said, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. Notice, a new and living way. Not a legal way. Not, not, a, not a theological way, a new and living way opened up to us through the curtain that is what? His body that was slain for us, that was bruised for us, that was pierced for us. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Now notice here, he says that because of Jesus, because Jesus, he gave himself up as the ultimate sacrifice. He tasted death for every man. His body was broken, and he compares it to the the curtain that separated the outer court from the inner court where the very presence of God was, where the very glory and spirit and presence of God was. He said, now, that curtain has been torn. His body's been torn. The blood of Jesus has been shed. Now we have access, and by a new and living way, we can come without guilt, without condemnation. And this is what we have to do. We have to come with a clear conscience. And you know, uh, as we come before Him with a clean conscience, as we come before Him, and listen, if you come before Him and there's something there that's not right, we know what the Scripture says. The Scripture says very carefully and clearly, (coughs) pardon me, if we have sinned, if we will confess our sins, He is just and faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us, our conscience, from all unrighteousness. Then we can enter in to the presence of God. We can enter in. We can come near. That that word there where he talks about coming near to God, that literally means a, a visit. The secret place. We, he says, let us draw him by a new and living way. Let's come. God's saying, come near. Come near for a visit. Come and visit with me. Come and hear my voice. Come and be in my presence. Come and know that I am your father. That I am your God. That I am real. And that I have a plan and a purpose for your life. This is what it's about. And unless we have that, all we've got is an external religious uh, 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 form that we're going through, whatever it may be. Doesn't matter what the name is on on the door of your church. It's just a form we're going through. If we don't have a living experience, a living communion with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So the first thing is we need a clean conscience. And we get that by how? By the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. It sets us free from condemnation and guilt. We can confess our sins if we need to. And he will cleanse us and and give us uh, access. And we can come into the presence of God and just be there with him. Be there with a visit. You know, uh, one of the, the things that's necessary for us Uh, to enjoy communion with God is that we have to slow down, we have to stop, and we have to get quiet. Wow. Now, boy, that's three big hurdles right there, isn't it, for most of us. I mean, Pastor, you're talking about slow down. I I can't slow down. There's not enough hours in the day to do everything I need to do. Well, you mean slow down and just forget stopping. There's no stopping. Who can stop? The only time I stop is if I'm asleep. I, there's no slowing down. And getting quiet, you know, we, we've become a society that we're more comfortable with noise than we are with quiet. If you don't believe that, 
you know, the next time uh, we're in church, I'm going to just stop for about three minutes and nobody sing, nobody preach, nobody pray. And you watch people start looking around and they start wondering, well, what's going on? What's wrong? Somebody forgot to do something. We're so used to activity. We're so used to voices. And a lot of times, you know, well, you know, we've got Alexa playing in the background or we've got, you know, something going on our, our computer or on our phone. And, you know, we're not even paying attention, but we just want to feel the room, somehow fill it with noise. But listen, if we're going to have communion with God, if we're going to, to, to spend time and, and really get into the presence of God, listen, it's going to take some effort on our time. We're going to have to just, just like Adam and Eve did before the fall, we're just going to have to make an appointment with God and say, God, you know, I'm going to meet with you. I mean, I'm going to meet with you. If you're a morning person, say, God, I'm going to meet with you before I start my day. If you're a night person, say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to meet with you tonight, you know, I, whatever it might be. I mean, we all have different cycles. I mean, some people are more awake, you know, at 1 o'clock uh, at night, and some people are more awake at, at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. But you find the time where you're awake and you're alert, and you just put everything on hold and say, you know what, I'm going to put everything on hold. I mean, what could be more important? than meeting with your heavenly Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ? What could be more important than sitting in His presence? What could be more important than drawing the strength and the, the, the wisdom and the assurance and the, the peace that He will give you as you, you uh, spend time with Him? Wow. Quietness and listening. And, and Psalm, again, back over in Psalm 46, it says, his psalmist over there says, Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know. In other words, if you want to know, and that word know there is that word yada again. It means to have an encounter, a personal encounter with God. Be still and know that I am God. He said the first thing is you got to be still. There's a prerequisite. You must get still. You have to get your mind and your, your body still and quiet. If you're going to commune with God, if you're going to spend time with God, now, here's the thing. We each have so many hours of the day, you know, and, you know, and we have to allocate our time because if we don't, you know, we, you know, it, the day just gets away from us and, you know, and you're like, oh, what did I get done? Or, you know, I had my, my, my nose to the grindstone all day. You know, I'm, I'm tired. I want to relax. But listen, we all have so much time. We have to decide, okay, what will we do with that time? Will we take a portion of that time and will we get alone with God and spend time with Him? Listen, what I'm talking about from the natural is not an easy thing if you're not already doing it. It's kind of like getting in shape. You know, it's easier to stay in shape than it is once you're out of shape to get back into shape, to get back into the discipline, to get back into the routine, to get back in and, and do it. It takes a whole lot more energy to, to push a car from uh, standing still than it does once you get it moving. And it's the same way with spiritual discipline that it takes to commune with God. But boy, I'm telling you, the benefits are so worth it. Let's talk about some of the benefits of communion with God. And I mean, it almost goes without saying. I mean, uh, duh, you know, uh, you mean there's benefits from 
visiting with God. There's benefits from hanging out with God. There's benefits from, from just being in the presence of God. There's benefits from, from God speaking into my life. Yeah, there are. There are many of them and a lot more than we'll be able to touch on in this particular session. But some of those benefits we can find over here in Isaiah 40. Notice what he says. He says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So the first thing is there's going to be strength. He says that. He said you're going to renew their strength. This word, those who wait, uh, the NIV says those who hope in the Lord. That word hope or wait, it means to bind together by twisting. And here's the thing. As we wait on the Lord, as we spend time in His presence, something happens that we, we get closely connected and tied with God uh, in that time and in that moment that He can begin to impart His wisdom to us. He can give us direction. He can give us assurance. He will strengthen us, as Paul said, by His Spirit in our innermost being. But he said it's as we, we wait on the Lord, as we spend time with Him, as we just get in His presence, you know, worship God, just come into His presence. You know, I think that this would be so refreshing to the Lord as well if His people would uh, spend more time, uh, at least some time, communing with Him and not just rushing into His presence and say, I need, I need, I need, I need. God wants to meet your needs. Yes, he, he wants to hear about your needs. But He also wants to spend time with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. This is not just for a few special, super spiritual people in the Bible. It is for every believer. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. It is possible for every one of us to have this kind of communion prayer, this kind of fellowship with God. But I want to tell you, it's going to take some effort on your part, on my part. We've got to set a place. We've got to set a time. And we've got to keep that appointment with God. And we've got to decide, you know what? Being with God is more important than just about anything else I can think of. Yes, I know we have jobs and some people are teaching their kids at home. And I know you've got a lot on your plate. I understand that. All the more reason why you need that time and fellowship with your Heavenly Father. The strength He'll give you. The peace that'll be yours. The wisdom that'll come to you. Uh, the, just the presence of God that will keep you through your day. And will give you uh, uh, just, a, just a joy, as the Bible says, that's unspeakable and full of glory. That you can go through this life knowing that God is not only for you, but He is also with you and in you. Notice it's, it's strength, it's peace. It's peace. He said, I will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. You know, in the day we live in, there's so much going on. So much, you know, with the coronavirus, with the economy, with the, all the political stuff going on and, and all the different things, the chaos that's going on and the different things that are happening in our nation. And I'm telling you, it's, it's hard to know. You say, where can I find peace? I'm going to tell you where you're going to find peace in the author of peace. 
And that is your heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. And that's where you'll find peace. That's where you'll find your true north. That's where God will steady uh, your boat, as it were, on a daily basis. So that that all this may be going around. You may be hearing about all kinds of things. But you can be like Jesus, asleep in the boat in the midst of a storm. You can have that kind of peace about you. We're talking about the benefits of communion with God. One is that strength, that twisting together, that, that imbibing of, of the very heart and nature of God, the very strength and anointing of God flowing into our spirit. And, and secondly, it is that peace, the peace that passes all understanding. And then knowing His heart and His will. Knowing His heart and His will. Second uh, Cor- or 1 Corinthians, rather. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to make a reference here, and I won't be able to really get into this a lot, but I'll introduce it. You, you can kind of get into it your, yourself here. In 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 7, he picks up, he's, he's speaking, he says, No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for them, for those who love Him, these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. God is wanting to reveal some things by His Spirit. The mysteries of Christ. The mysteries of salvation. The mysteries of the new birth. The mysteries of our union with Him. The mysteries of God's plan and purpose for your life. Not only in this life, but in the one to come. He said, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Wow. He talks about that this is how it happens. And this, this word revealed here is from the Greek word apocalyptus. It means to take the cover off of. It takes the cover off of. You know, many things, you know, that the, the Scriptures talk about are hidden or a mystery. They are hidden for us, not from us. They're hidden for us, not from us. But it takes the Holy Spirit to take the lid off, as you will, to uncover these things and open the eyes of our understanding, as Paul wrote in, in Ephesians chapter 1, so that we can really know the truths. We can know what God has provided for us. We can know and see exactly what God's will is for us in any situation. We can take His wisdom. He goes on and talks about how that the Spirit of God is going to teach us spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. And, and He talks about in verse 14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. You know, if anyone comes across this, If you're not a believer, you probably think this is all foolishness. The very idea that you can come into the presence of God. The very idea that that God would commune with with a human being and make known Himself to them and make known His will to them. Listen, the whole New Testament came to us that way. Paul talked about it in Galatians 1, chapter 1, verse 12. He said, the things he said that I'm teaching, he said, I didn't get from the apostles at Jerusalem or from any man. But he said, Jesus Christ himself revealed them to me. There's that same word again, apocalyptus. He took off the cover. 
And he revealed himself. And out of that encounter, out of that revelation that came in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of the Father, Paul had this revelation, this mighty revelation of the finished work of Christ, his, his uh, defeat of Satan and demonic powers and of God's plan and purpose to bring a people to himself and for all eternity, uh, that plan of God that is revealed in God's Word. But listen, let's bring it down to smaller, right down where you and I live. You know, we have questions. We have uh, uh, problems that we're facing. We need answers and solutions to just, you know, my particular problems. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit wants to show you that too. He wants to lead and guide you. Jesus said that he would. But listen, you've got to draw apart. You've got to draw near to him. You know, not only is this a place where we come to know the heart and will of the Father, it is also this communion with God, this prayer of communion with God is the birthing place for vision and dreams. You want to find out what God's vision, what God's dream is for you. You want to get clarification of it. You want to uh, begin to uh, understand it in more details. You want to know what the next step is for it. Listen, spend time with God. Spend time in His presence. Come into His presence with thanksgiving, with adoration, with worship. Get quiet. Get still. Just wait in the presence of God and let Him begin to show you things. You know, Dr. Cho used to say this, that vision and dream is a language of the Holy Spirit. When God begins to reveal and, and show you things, and one of the ways that He communicates with you is through vision and dream. And He wants you to, to have the, uh, and, and grab hold of the vision and the dream that He has for your life and for your family and for your kids. Divine secrets in the presence of God. We're talking about Communion with God, one of the, the prayer realms, the number one and the most important prayer realm. En encounters with God, knowing His heart, knowing His will, receiving His strength, receiving His wisdom. Let me give you some action points real quickly uh, as we close here. First of all, as I've mentioned before, but make a daily appointment time of uh, appointment of time and place with the Father. Make a time, whether it's morning, whether it's afternoon, whether it's at night, what works best for you, but, but set aside a time. And listen, put it, on, put it in your calendar. Put it on, put it on your phone there. I mean, put, just like you do any other important, uh, you know, uh, appointment that you have. And just say, you know what? This... 30 minutes is for the Father. This hour is for the Father. You know, but sometimes set it in there. Then, as you come into the presence of God, confess anything that would hinder your fellowship. Just get it out of the way. Get it under the blood. And then learn to quieten your mind and heart. And listen, this is, this is, a, this is a learned skill to quieten your heart and your mind. Because when you get alone, your mind's going to be racing with all kinds of things to do. Well, one thing that might help you, you know, is your mind brings up things, you know, just write it down. Say, okay, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. We'll write it down. We'll get to that later. But get your mind quiet. Maybe put on some good meditation music or, or just pray. If you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit till your mind gets quiet. But use uh, 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 different means to get your mind and, and get it quiet. Get your thoughts quietened down. Because when our thoughts and our minds running so speaking so loud to us it's hard to hear the still small voice and that's the last step we need to learn to listen 
for the still small voice. That impression. Maybe he might speak a scripture to you. Uh, to instruct you, encourage you. Uh, you know, uh, he might uh, bring an image before you of, uh, you know, uh, for direction or for somebody to pray for. It could be any number of things. But listen, begin to take time to come into the presence of God and listen, listen and learn to hear the voice of God. Build a relationship with your Heavenly Father. He yearns for it. He desires it. He's just waiting on you and I to respond. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I want to pray for you as we close today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for those who are listening. Lord, I know Lord, they're busy. I know there's so many demands on their time and, and all these things. But God, you are number one. Lord, we say that Jesus is Lord. We say that you are Lord. We say that you are our Father. You're the number one. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that those that are listening to it, this this. Uh, a message today, Lord, that they will make the time. God, stir their hearts. Stir their hearts to draw aside and spend time with you. Get to know your heart, to hear your voice, to learn your ways, and to receive your wisdom for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for joining us today. As we close, you'll see on the screen there uh, the different ways uh, that you can give if you're watching us online. I want to read a couple of scriptures here just before I close. In Psalm 37 and verse uh, 25, he says, the psalmist is writing, he says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Are their children begging bread? They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. And then in Psalm 145, the scripture here says that God opens his hand. 145 and verse 16, it says, says, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. You know, God wants to meet your needs no matter what you may be going through. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. Maybe you've lost your job. Uh, whatever it may be, listen. This is the time for you to draw near to God. This is the time for you to know that God will meet every need of your life. He will take care of your family. He will open His hand and He will feed and take care of you in every situation. I want to thank you for your giving, for your support of this ministry. And I'm believing with you that God is meeting every need of your life in Jesus' name. God bless. See you next week. It's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. 
For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.